Hey guys, I'm David, and welcome to Cucumber Talks. Each week, I sit down with my friends Bryce and Marshall to chat about what's going on in our lives. Our goal is to have honest, vulnerable, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations about our struggles and successes. In this week's chat, Bryce talks about becoming more masculine, Marshall talks about new ideas to try out, and I talk about spending more time with my family. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so in chapter six of No More Mr. Nice Guy, I learned about reclaiming my masculinity, which uh, turned out to be a pretty deep chapter, I think. I reread it a couple times. Mm. And yeah, I, I just want to open this up rather quickly. Maybe get your all get your all's definition of masculinity, what you think it means. And I'm very curious if it's something that's important to you all. I'm trying to figure out how important it is to me. So yeah, mm. let's 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 go jump jump right into it. I wanna <laughs> I wanna know what you all define masculinity as. I think the last time I tried to define masculinity, it was a train wreck. But I can give some ideas of what I think masculinity is or tends to be. And then maybe that can help us get to a definition of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the words that come to mind are, are maybe control, aggression. Control. Jordan Peterson is in the back of my mind saying order. <laughs> um, discipline even scheduling, planning, a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking about recently, um, all of those seem, I guess, fight. In, if you're talking fight or flight, fight seems masculine. So yeah, those are some of the first ones that come to mind. Hmm. And then I guess the other thing that also comes to mind is to to contrast it with the word that I'm not going to be able to say very well, femininity. Hmm. And that would good. be like creativity flow present um expression something like that hmm. freedom did i say that already <laughs> so those are in my mind how i how i think of the differences and we can kind of start with that david do you have any other i don't i don't know what that means as far as a definition though like if we take all those and what makes them separate I'm not sure, but those are the ways that I think of them in my head typically. Yeah, I think the kind of textbook or like original thing is, uh, I don't know, when I think of masculinity, I I guess I think of uh, um, like manly, <laughs> just the, you know, whatever uh, rules that we've had, like obviously there's a, a lot of debate about this you know, masculinity, femininity, um, these days, but the, I guess, kind of tip, typical route would be, uh, pretty much what you said, manly, um, yeah, aggressive. I, I feel like I'm just repeating what Marshall said, but you know, the thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. is a guy who can fart in public. Hmm. Hmm. Just like kind of gross, doesn't care exactly about other people. Just um, completely rough. embracing it, mm-hmm. you know. And 
I've never been that guy. <laughs> but I've met I've met guys who are. I'm the guy who tries to make it quiet. And or uh find a quiet place to do it. I've never been I've I, you know I I I've had those friends who, you know, they can just fart in front of their wife and and in front of me and in front of a group of of people and they just smile and think that it's hilarious and they're just comfortable in their own skin and it's a it's a small thing but that seems masculine to me Hmm. just like yeah it's a bodily function you know Mm -hmm. everybody poops everybody farts it's just you know yeah it's like not being um just like not giving a shit basically (laughs) which i think we talked about that before even a little bit it's It's interesting that uh you said creativity marshall is being feminine the book actually uses creativity and passion as a as a characteristic of a integrated male masculine Hmm. Um, i wonder what it means in the creative sense and then passion does it talk about that at all as far as because i could see that in in one sense passion being like determination or like resolve or just yeah i know what i want let's go get it like uh what's the guy from freedom what's uh <laughs> braveheart <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? yeah braveheart style like mel that gibson. seems passion right yeah mel gibson seems like his movies he's got a lot of passion <laughs> no pun intended with and he have a movie called the passion but separate separate thing <laughs> yeah i have it right in front of me i can read read them so some of the the things that can contribute to a man's feeling of masculinity are authenticity and integrity, which is saying and doing what you really feel, autonomy, be your own man, taking orders from no one, except in situations like work or the military where that you voluntarily enter, leadership, taking charge and having others in your command, Mm-hmm. competence and capability having the power to get things done success and achievement which is your pride and your own accomplishments passion and creativity doing things you believe in and that make you feel a sustained sense of excitement hmm. and then the last one which i really think is is cool is male camaraderie which is comfort aliveness hmm. and enjoyment in the company of other men Mm-hmm. those are the main ones that the book uh, touches on yeah yeah when you read it out like that creativity and it didn't really go into more detail but the way it the way it hits me in that sense is related to independence like free thinker like i'm going to create my own path blaze my own trail as opposed to following along with something else like a you know follower leader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and it was my wife's birthday over the, the this past week. No, oh, happy birthday, Lisey. Yeah. And we had a we had a couple days off where we took a little trip and you know, did a group tour and actually booked a hotel in the center of the city and just kind of spent time together. And during that time you know, probably by 
the afternoon of or evening of day one, I was starting to feel a sense of unease i don't know if unease unease isn't the right word but it was like i'm not doing what i like to be doing i i i realized i wasn't i'm I'm not that same person i used to be where vacations are fun because i really like doing what i do you know my day-to-day work i feel super comfortable in it and i I feel excited to do it and every day is I don't know it's 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 fun to me and when I'm away from that it's like I'm not having as much fun as I could be having or is I'm not doing the thing I'm excited as I, I I'm not as excited about what I'm doing if I'm not mm-hmm. doing my normal normal stuff mm. so that's what I think about with passion like and and last week, you know, I was talking about the coming up with the blog idea. And <laughs> that same day, I came up with the idea that I wanted to pursue. And then I just jumped right into it. And it felt really good. And it felt like every second I wasn't working on that <laughs> was like a second wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's what the book means, but that's what I take it to mean. I think that's what passion means to me that's the that's the thing that you want to be working on yeah yeah when when you write it like that i think of flow and focus also and focus Mm. i would put on the masculine side of the spectrum because it seems very yeah it seems very masculine to be like one thing all the way as hard as possible and hard isn't even but you know fully immersed, fully engaged. So go ahead. I I was just going to ask how masculine, masculine, do you all feel you are? Do you think you, would you describe yourself as masculine? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we're comparing masculine and feminine, I I would say I I feel more masculine in in that way. Um, What makes you feel like that? I guess because I'm a I, I don't know. It's hard for me to, cause like, I feel like we're, we're kind of diving into it at, at a different angle, but I mean, I just feel more masculine because I'm a, I'm a, like a man, <laughs> you know, in that like very archaic sense. Um, but if we're taking these, you know, attributes into account, I would say I'm, I'm pretty much like 50 50 because <laughs> there's a lot that, you know, just like what you're talking about, there's a lot that I feel like, oh, yeah, like I could do this better. I could work on this. I could, uh, you know, if, you know, if I want to attain more masculinity, then um, there's things that I could do every day to, uh, you know, a, you know, have achievement, better achievement, to be a better leader. Um, I'm the kind of person that there are things that I do right, but I tend to focus on the things that I don't do right. Um, and maybe not so much, uh, like saying like, oh yeah, I do this well. I'm just like, oh, this, these things over here, I don't do well. And I want to improve on that. So that's where my focus is rather than, you know, 
praising any you know the good things i don't know does that make sense <laughs> yeah i don't when i th- when i think of masculine i don't think of being male i just imagine the the mel gibson braveheart the david goggins the jocko willings you know those badass dudes who just seem really comfortable in their own skin is is one way to think of it and self-assured aggressive go after what they want and in those all don't take no for an answer physicality involved as well that i think separates those examples when we start thinking at least with the examples you said they're very physical and maybe that's when i i sort of left out a little bit it's weird because i'd also put some other things in there that aren't as physical but you don't you know what i mean like if somebody uh, my my wife was uh telling me about her friend's her friend's boyfriend and she was (laughs) she's talking about how he's this small little dude like small little asian guy short skinny but he doesn't take shit from anybody Mm-hmm. and he said uh, uh she said they were in the parking lot uh of uh some some restaurant the other day and this big like redneck guy started cursing at them like calling them names or or something just in the middle of the parking lot so you would think that this short skinny little asian guy would back down and just all right let's get in the car and not cause any trouble he's the exact opposite. Like he went up and got in the dude's face and was like, keep talking shit. And I, I, she said I, uh, that he said, I threatened to, to sue the guy if he did anything. And just like, basically just got up in his face and started defending both of them. Right. Is that masculine to you? I think that's masculine. Yeah. Like, I agree. Get up, like stand up for yourself, represent yourself. Don't take any shit. Right. The fight, not the flight response. The act, don't be acted upon. Don't respond. I mean, in a way you're responding, but you're, you're like initiating. (laughs) It's not masculine to just be like F that guy and walk away. Well, compared to being just afraid and not saying anything and walking away, Mm -hmm. then you know, cursing back under your breath might be more masculine. <laughs> but compared to walking over and telling him that, then telling him that seems more masculine to me. And to your point, David, I think it would be equally as masculine to just be comfortable in the fact that you could stand up for that, stand up for yourself and beat that guy up. Like, uh, you know, Willink and all of these jujitsu people, the Gracie jujitsu, the whole philosophy is what that you can, you learn how to fight so that you don't have to fight. I think that's the the philosophy of it. Mm -hmm. So if you were trained to defend yourself, you could just ignore that guy and say, hey, I can take this guy, but I don't have to. I think that would be equally as masculine. But if you if you're like, oh, I I don't know how to stand up for myself. I don't know how to defend myself. Mm. I'm just gonna run away. I think that's mm. um that's not like just apologizing and being like, oh hey, my bad, dude. Mm-hmm. No worries. 
Mm -hmm. That's very uh, not masculine. Or just not saying anything and being Mm -hmm. scared that if you did say something, he would beat you up. Mm. And that goes back to the passion side where somebody who doesn't say anything, just gets in the car and leaves is certainly seen as less passionate or less you know rile up able as opposed to the person who's like no you want to you want to do this let's do this you know that seems like oh they, they've got that passion that you know in their veins <laughs> right and the you want to do this guy it's not smart i'm not saying that's the smart thing to do and the better response would probably be to walk away but if you do walk away the masculine version of that to me is you walk away with the confidence that you could have handled that. Mm-hmm. It seems like the the need to take physical action is connected to masculinity, mm-hmm. even by words or actions. I mean, I don't, I, and I, I don't completely agree with it, but I, I understand. Um, I understand why that would make people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's tough because I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and then w- what's interesting about it? So when you ask the the question, so then is it important to be masculine? To you know, for us, what how do we feel is important? What's tough actually is that when you take out the physical side the physical like if the three of us sit here and say okay it's really not the smart thing to go get into an actual fist fight with somebody in a parking lot and then we also say well masculinity isn't growing a beard and wearing a flannel shirt and carrying an axe or guns or whatever the thing is if that's not well the second one i'm going to say is not that that's really just outward appearance if we take that aside it's really hard as a as people i think because in our culture that's so much of what's connected to it that a lot of times we start telling ourselves that we're not masculine even though in the other areas that you mentioned we might be masculine i guess what i'm trying to say is if we get into a fist fight once in a while it probably helps us in all the other areas because then we see ourselves as yeah i am a person who gets into a fist fight does that make any sense Kind of. I think the, as you were describing that, I I feel like the best option would be to be, as you were describing what people, uh, the, um, like wearing the flannel shirt and the jeans, that, that was a, you know, kind of a easy thing to picture. And the contrast is really, really cool because there will be dudes who wear, you know, the flannel shirt and the jeans who you immediately talk to and you know they're not that dude yeah but then when you meet somebody who is wearing the same outfit and they are that dude it's easy to tell yeah does that make any sense like when you meet somebody who's masculine i think you know it you know it pretty quickly like this dude is yeah i don't know how to describe it i'm trying to well and it's a tough one too because i think like we've said, it is a spectrum and there's multiple sort of categories on the spectrum. So one person who's very 
confrontational and fight and physical in that sense might not be masculine in some other sense. So then the one that's seen is the one that they're always getting into fights. So it's easy to kind of put them in the very masculine category, but maybe. What I was just trying to say there is the, the masculine guy is probably the one who's not getting into fights because he's so self-assured that people just know not to fuck with him. Yeah. I like that better. And yeah, let's, let's get away from the fights because I think that's, that's a little too um, one dimensional. (laughs) (laughs) Not maybe as helpful for daily life. (laughs) Mm. Sexual and assertive is another thing. I think that's a really easy way to tell if somebody is masculine. Mm. Yeah, I didn't say sexual. That would I would definitely put that in there too. You know those guys who can just talk about sex really candidly and openly, and it's not in a creepy or cringy way. It's just that they're very self-assured, mm-hmm. and it doesn't come across as needy. It doesn't come across as um, that creepy. Is the word that I think of. It's just they're a sexual being, and they're very comfortable in their own sexuality and that's definitely something i've never really been able to (laughs) to relate to sex is always something kind of taboo Mm -hmm. and then when i want to initiate it it has to be uh kind of like (laughs) what's the what's the word like manipulative almost and i think i've gotten out of that to some extent especially now that i'm married but still it's not something that you can just talk about or I can talk about, but I've been around guys who, you know, they just talk about sex really casually. And again, it's not in a locker room jock kind of talk, but it's in a confident, this is a part of who I am way. Yeah. Kind of like the people who can objectively say that like a man is attractive, even though they're not attracted to men sexually. How so? Or I mean, how is that, how is that connected in your mind? I don't know. I just think of uh, people that are like, they feel, they feel weird or uncomfortable to talk about, I see, you know, being even saying like, oh, you know, like if I was, you know, into guys, this would be my, this would be my guy. Just right. being saying that, just being seems, comfortable about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about sex, talking about, you know, things that, that they that they aren't but that they can just be comfortable um expressing expressing it i'm just pretty much tailing what you know bryce is talking about so i think what we had talked about maybe in the past too and we don't necessarily have to just keep repeating the same stuff but it also seems like when it comes to the question of do i want to embrace that do i want to become more of that A lot of times what I think of is I want to be the best at whatever it is whenever I need to be. And maybe that's a cop out, but like if we take two things that are like if being afraid or fear is maybe not a good example, but being afraid and going ahead anyway, if that's masculine, then yeah, I want to be that whenever I need to be. But on the opposite side or what? let's say more on the feminine side, if I need to be more 
I don't know, what did I say were feminine things? I, I put creative on that side or uh, maybe present. Um, anyway, any of these things in the time when I'm supposed to be that or supposed to be isn't the right word, but when I want to be that or when that makes sense, then I want to be the best at that too. So in a way, I, I, kinda, I relate to what Bryce or I think it was David, you said that you're 50-50 and... I think that I'm probably more masculine than 50-50, but I want to be more like 50-50 in the sense that I want to be really good at at all. <laughs> but maybe it's not a trade-off too. You know, like to be good at one thing, maybe you don't have to be bad at something else. But I don't know. I know the stereotypical, you know, person that I described a second ago with the beard and the flannel shirt isn't the portrayal that I want. So then it's like, okay, if that's, if that's masculine, then no, I don't want that. But if it's something else, then I'm open to exploring that. If if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird word. It's, it's strange to even talk about this because it, it almost feels like you're saying these are qualities that are only, only, um, only for men and most women don't have these which is is obviously incorrect you know i i've met so many women who exude these characteristics and so it's it's almost like there should be a different way to describe it and what i want at the end of the day is to be that that guy that is described in no more mr nice guy where you are 100% comfortable in your own skin and you're not trying to please other people. You're not trying to, you're not trying to live up to this certain persona of who you think you should be. And you're not trying to live up to an ideal of what a good guy should be. I think that's that's what I'm going for here. It's not to be the the guy in the parking lot who's gonna gonna fight if necessary or it's to be the guy in the parking lot. If I, if at that time I want to fight, I just go for it. Yeah. And not to have in the back of my mind, like, Oh, you have to be this way. You have to be a a good guy and a good guy doesn't fart in public. A good guy doesn't talk about girls sexually. A good guy doesn't do this. A good guy doesn't do that. And that's, that's what I don't want to do. So I know what I don't want to (laughs) do. I'm not sure how much more time we want to spend on this topic. Probably could go longer. But I, I did want to bring up the the part in the chapter where they talk about being monogamous to your mom. And essentially what they describe is a lot of guys spend most of their early childhood or childhood being much closer to their moms. And then you develop this relationship with your mom where there's a certain level of intimacy and you for the rest of your life, you're trying to, as an adult, you're trying to find that intimacy with a, a, another woman eventually, but it's like nothing can replace that love that your mom had for you as a kid. So you're loyal to your mom. Hmm. Long story short, you're a mama's boy. <laughs> but, uh, Do you feel like that was your experience growing up? Yes. Absolutely. Does it still seem like it 
not just in forms now. Mine's but. a little, I think mine's a little more complicated because what they describe in the book is you're a hundred percent loyal to your mom and you have this close bond with your mom. And that makes you not be able to have good relationships with women as an adult. Hmm. And you also have this almost hatred for your father, you know, the typical Freudian stuff. Okay. Yeah. But not so much like in the Freudian sense where it's more so that your mom used you as a partner and not as a, um, not so much as the parent child relationship, but more as a, a partner. And what they describe in the book is that the mom will often treat the kid like an adult and then have adult like conversations with the kid often about how bad the the dad is and about how how bad or mm. what other adults are doing wrong so the kid is having adult like conversations and almost like a a, a support for the mom is that is that making sense would like treating them like a, a best friend fall under that category? No, it's almost like the mom is treating the child like their husband mm. because the husband isn't giving them their, isn't meeting their needs. The husband's gone or the husband is abusive or the husband is uh, a drunk or the husband is a workaholic and isn't meeting the needs of the, the mother. So the mother uses the child as, as a partner and less of a, mm. a child. The word that comes to mind is confiding. Like they're confiding in the kid instead of it being like, if you imagine two parents, a mother and a father, and they're raising a son, let's say in this example, um, instead of it being like your father and I think this for you or tell you this or this is what and it doesn't always have to be a we statement i'm not i don't mean that but it is different where one of them comes and says mom doesn't really want you or i'm sorry dad doesn't really want you to have this candy right now but here you go billy mom will always take care of you like undercutting in a way mm. That's not really what I'm describing. <laughs> hmm, okay. What I'm describing is long two-hour conversations with your mom about your dad and about how, and I'm not saying my mom did this. This is one of those things I, I might have just like blocked out. I don't know how much, how accurate my memories are. I just remember as a kid having adult-like conversations about other adults and mm -hmm. kind of analyzing them and analyzing what they're doing wrong, what, why they're wrong and why we're right, these types of conversations. And it wasn't just with my mom, you know, I was around mostly women in that homeschool community, whereas, mm. you know, you spend most of the time around adult women who are teaching you right and wrong and what, what to believe. And again, I don't know how accurate my memory is, but I don't remember a lot of positive talk about the uh, dads. Hmm. I, I might just be 
like trying to make my narrative fit with the narrative that the book is describing. But I, I, I do think I can relate to this where you grow up around women who want you to be their ideal version of what a man should be because they don't like the men that they're with. So they want you to turn into something different than the men they're with. And then you end up trying to be that man for the, the mom or the women you're around. You try to end up being that, that good guy that they want. And what the book describes is you end up also resenting your dad because your dad is causing all of the pain for your mom. You know, like men are bad. They're hurting these women. I don't, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a man because men hurt women. So you, you try to be this idealized version of, of a man where they're self-sacrificing, doing everything that you can to please, please the woman. I don't I don't know. This is, it's hard because I can't remember. I can't clearly remember my, my childhood, but it feels, it feels true. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's tough to go back and kind of sort out how it actually, how it actually played out and then how much it sort of still affects you and, and then what to do about it if it does, or, you know, how to, how to, how to move through it or how to move with it, I guess. I mean, I, I imagine it's, it happened throughout childhood because it's the same today. How so? I have conversations with my mom about how bad my dad is. Hmm. But the, hmm. the thing, like my, my experience isn't the same as the book because I've, I like my dad, you know, mm-hmm. I've never been, super close with them but i've always liked spending time with them and i always wanted to like make him proud so it's not the the experience the book describes where it's like you hate your dad and for hurting your mom hmm. yeah it's pretty extreme on but that I, i've met i've met lots of guys who have this experience way deeper than this like way deeper than my situation where it's like they can't even they they live with their mom as when they're in their thirties because they can't leave her like this type of mm-hmm. this type of stuff and dating another woman would almost be like cheating on their mom wow yikes and it's a result I think of the mother smothering is that the right word um, smothering the kid and treating the kid like an adult. And treating the kid like their husband when the kid's really young. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a almost one to dive into more by itself because on the other side, mm-hmm. what we haven't talked about, but personally for me that I think of as well for masculinity is uh, fatherhood, like being a, being a dad. And then, cause that's, that's really where, all of this goes from like, I don't really care for me. I'll just be myself or try to be myself. I, I agree. I try to be comfortable in my skin. That seems good. But where it starts to really show up for me is for my kids, like, do they need this masculine figure in their life? And that's where the question becomes more important to me because I'm like, I can mess it up for myself and probably be okay or get by whatever, but am I missing something or 
not providing something for them. And I think about like what you're describing is these conversations. And in a lot of ways, I'm trying to have more of these conversations with my, especially my older son who is a teenager now. And so it makes me think, okay, so yes, still have these conversations, but how can I frame them in a way that's not, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming the same thing could happen the opposite way around where it's the dad who's also treating the, the son in a way that's not, um, it's not, it's not really an age thing. It's just a relationship, you know, not treating the, the son in the way that they should be treated as a, as a son. Um, so anyway, yeah, lots, lots for me to think about on that. Yeah, that'd be a good one to dive deeper into. Because you're, yeah, you're, I think you're hundred percent right. If the dad is absent or the dad is not being masculine himself, mm -hmm. or if the dad is being undermined <laughs> and just <laughs> kind of gives up, mm -hmm. then that's what the, the kid's going to learn too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not sure we came up with any answers there, but it was uh, interesting to talk about. Yeah. For sure. Thank you. Who's up next? I'll jump in. Uh, I think this carried over from what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks. First with sort of planning social events, and then that turned into planning things with my wife, which just to give a little report on that, that was, uh, it's, I think it's getting better. We, uh, we downloaded an app, which I don't know if the app will stick around forever, or if that's the answer to all of this, but it's the little sort of tactics that help us have better conversations about things. So we add something, it sends a notification around. So we both see like, okay, tonight we're going to do this or do that. We're trying to put more just mundane things on the list, like, you know, do laundry. Because if it's not on there, like we're going to spend an hour doing this, but then we don't plan for it. So then we're frustrated because one of us is not doing the laundry or the other one is doing the laundry when we're trying to do something else. So it's like, well, just put all that on there and have the conversation. Like it's a stress in my wife's mind that there's this laundry and I don't know that. So if she tells me, then I know it. And now we can both work through it together. And the same way, maybe the other way around, like I come home and anyway, so that's, that's been dope, helpful. Man. What's the, what's the app called? Um, it's called cozy C O Z Y. Z Y or I'm sorry that's that's definitely not how you spell it I'm just spelling no it's C O Z I as in India mm. now is that intentionally created for couples or is that just a planner app it is a family uh it, <laughs> we were telling Gage and we we're like yeah it's a family planning app <laughs> but not like that <laughs> but no it's uh it's, got a surprise for you son <laughs> It's potentially, I don't know that Gage has really gotten into it yet, but <clears throat> you could imagine if you had older kids who also wanted to be, you know, in it or see it or, you know, soccer practice going on and they want to you know, whatever. Um, so you can have individual people in there who add things and then you can see each other's things um, or you can put like dad's going to do this, but not everybody else is. But just so you know, OK, that's where that's where dad is or, you know, so it's pretty cool. So yeah, again, like it's, I'm excited about it now. Give it a couple months. We may have moved on to something else, but the overall stepping back from it, just the overall 
having more conversations and whether they're actual conversations or just these things throughout the day, like Bloop, there's this thing. Oh, cool. Okay. So we're going to work on this tonight, or she's working on that, or I'm going to do this. It's helpful. Um, so with that, okay. So we start putting in our normal stuff like, okay, tonight who's making dinner. Okay. You're making dinner. Cool. Okay. Do I need to swing by and get cilantro on the way home? Okay, cool. I'll get that. Okay. And then we get into the planning side or the scheduling or just kind of getting on the same page side and start taking a step back and realizing, okay, well, let's, we're, we're doing a better job of putting the things on there that we do, but now let's take a step back and sort of see what are the things that we want on there? Like, what are the things that we want to do on a weekly basis? And you know, I go through different experiments in my life of trying things and whatever. And I think that I've done a pretty good job of trying various things or whatever. But in this time, it take it instead of it just being me like, hey, I want to try whatever we, you know, not being on Facebook or whatever the thing is that I want to try. It's like, how can we, what are things that we want together? So we're starting to have better conversations about that as well. Like, um, so, so a good example, like I didn't know this, but I know my wife picks up iced coffees now and then. And I was like, so if you could have, um, I guess the thought experiment question was, you know, what would your ideal, it started out as what would your ideal day be like? But then there's a lot of things you don't do on a daily basis. So then it broadened to what's your ideal week. And then it was like a little further than that. It's like, what's your ideal month? And you can really think of them as separate things too. Um, like what are some things that you want to have happen on a daily basis uh, that maybe we, some of them we already do, some of them we don't do, what could we add in there and then think of it in terms of a week or a month. Um, but like an example was my wife. One of the first things that came to mind for her was like, I wish there was a delivery service for iced coffees. Like, wouldn't it be great to just wake up and there's an iced coffee there? And that was the first thing that she said. And, you know, sometimes the first thing that you say is just the first thing that says it's maybe it's not that meaningful, but maybe it's just the first thing that comes to mind. But when she said that, I'm like, I mean, I can make that happen. Like we we can pull this off, whether it's, you know, brewing a bunch the night before and icing it and then I'll pour it in a cup when I leave or something like that. Or I can run down to Dunkin Donuts. It's not even five minutes down the street and I can come back. So this morning. Uh, yesterday was the first day I tried it. And then I turned off my alarm, uh, cause I'm not used to that setup when I was getting up with my daughter and anyway, missed the whole iced coffee thing. So failed day one, but day two, I went and got an iced coffee for her before we started recording here and hopefully she enjoys that. But just an example of if that's actually something that meaningfully improves her life, let's have that conversation. And it seems super easy for me to make that that happen, make that a reality. So it's like, what other things are there that are like that, whether it's a nice coffee or a 10-minute nap or a, whatever these things are. So I started kind of making a list myself, but I wanted to open it up for you guys. And hopefully, I don't know if you guys uh, prepared anything or um, we can just kind of chat about things that either you already do that you find are you know, helpful things that you really enjoy doing on a 
Uh, really, I'm, I'd like to kind of break it into those different categories, like daily, weekly, monthly, roughly speaking. Um, but yeah, are there things that you guys do uh, that you really enjoy? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to compile a, a toolkit of things to try or think about. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to be able to do all of them at once, but it's like, let's start with a plan and then see if we can move in that direction. I think one of the things I, I mentioned to you guys before we started was uh, I, I was thinking of it as like an instantly ideal month or week or whatever it is, because I could think of all these grand schemes of like, we move to this other place or I get this other job or we, you know, we're making billions of dollars, like not that, right? So like options that don't include moving, don't include, you know, different like workday life. Um, and then the other one I was like that aren't dramatically more expensive. I don't know, you know, I'm fine with spending money, but not like, you know, I think I said like $500 would be the, the limit. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just wanted to open it up. Do you guys have any... Uh, thoughts about any of that in general or uh, ideas that we should try out with my wife and I, or really our whole family. Yeah, I, I think I misunderstood the assignment now that you're describing it. How did you understand the ex assignment first then? And <laughs> I kind of did too. <laughs> I took it as you asking for suggestions on things you could do. Not okay. so much things that I do, but some of the things that and, I was going to suggest yeah. overlap with things that I have done or currently do. So, yeah, I like asking what you do, because I think that question is easier sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you think if you think if yeah, the other one's fine, too. Yeah. And the things that I thought of didn't include your family. Was That's fine, too. Just you. Yeah. So w when you when you when you ask for the suggestions, I just try to think of stuff that you've talked about here on the podcast. And if there's one thing I've picked up on is that you are very interested in meeting new people and having more friends and having different types of friends. So the things that I try to think of were all social and would involve groups and involve the opportunity to meet new people and new exciting people, different people. And yeah, that's what I went with. And I also tried to use some of those masculine, masculine oh, things nice. okay. as well, even though maybe that's not as important to you. <laughs> so anyway, the first thing, the daily thing that I thought of, and it wouldn't have to exactly be daily, but a workout and it, some type of class where you would get the opportunity to maybe expose yourself to that masculine energy, that camaraderie with other guys and women too, but a, a time where you could uh, challenge yourself, work out, kind of maybe clear your head. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. Maybe kickboxing, boxing, martial arts, CrossFit, these types of things, something high intense, high intensity. And you've talked about being somewhat uncomfortable with your body. So it would be a, an opportunity to 
to embrace that, that challenge and um, get over that fear if there still is a fear as well. So that was the first thing. Oh, I like it. That checks a lot of boxes. And maybe then on a more weekly, weekly activity, you've talked about trying to understand compassion and becoming more compassionate and also <laughs> trying to understand other people's situations, homelessness and stuff like that. So I put down a volunteer type of activity where you could volunteer and that would also give you an opportunity to meet new people and explore that compassion side of things. And I also thought of a chess club. And if there's not one already in Louisville, like you could start one, start a meetup group, or if there is an existing one, start participating in it. Cause you've talked about how much you love chess and I figure you could combine meeting new people, which is something you also like instead of just playing online, um, meet new people, play chess, have fun doing that. And the monthly one was a little more difficult. I wasn't exactly sure exactly what to put for that. And I'm not even sure if this is something you're interested in, but we did explore that idea that maybe you're afraid or maybe not afraid, but you're sometimes hesitant to go do things on your own when you want to have a social experience. Like you're waiting for somebody to invite you to do something or you're waiting for somebody to make plans. So my thought was you could challenge yourself to some type of social experiment where you go out to a bar or restaurant, bookstore, whatever it is, and just challenge yourself to strike up a conversation with a stranger or um, engage in some type of social activity that's spontaneous and um, solo. Like you're doing it on your own and you're kind of creating your own plans instead of waiting for somebody to invite you to something. So... Not sure if that's really the direction. It's not not exactly uh, getting an iced coffee every morning, but those. No. Oh, the, uh, the um, another thing that I thought would be cool. I'm not sure if this, this is daily, weekly, or monthly, but you had talked about going to your kids' soccer games. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if flipping that and you becoming the coach of one of your kids' teams mm. would be something you're interested in that could give you a chance to be a leader and you'd definitely be meeting a lot of people because <laughs> you're engaging with all the parents as the coach and you get to, to have that, that leadership experience. And one more thing, sorry, yeah. I, I kind of had a lot of ideas, but those were the main ones. Um, thought of joining an intramural sports team would also, if uh, joining the gym or the fitness class was too much or not something you're super interested in, joining a basketball league or a softball league, some type of intramural sports where you get to meet new people, meet new friends and be active and have fun. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And I don't think you, I I probably just miss asked the question, but you answered what I was trying to get. (laughs) Like to clarify, I wasn't actually trying to get stuff necessarily with my family. It's more things that then they can know about. And I just mentioned that because it's kind of the context of what I've been talking about and working on. Um, so it's not like me going off and joining a, 
you know, basketball team on the weekend and nobody knows when it's going to be or why I'm where, where's Marshall going, <laughs> but it's like coordinating with them. So they know what's going on if I'm out or, you know, so cool. I like it. I was taking notes and everything and I'm sure I'll listen back through, but it's easier for me if I just have some notes. So I'm going to, I'm going to try some of these out here. So, um, I think I, I, yeah, I have a shorter list and Bryce stole one of my answers, <laughs> but yeah, workout was on mine too. And I also thought I didn't read, I must've missed the couple part. Cause I, I had it specifically for you. And I was also going to ask like a typical, you know, like what does a typical day look like for you and just kind of see where mm -hmm. something might fit in. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, feel free to expand on that if you want. Um, yeah, that's another good point. If you've only got like an hour of free time in your in your schedule, some of these well, things might be a big ask. And and what's funny is that's how it turned into the month, because it's not really that I have anything in mind that I want to do on a monthly basis. But there's weekly type meetings that I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be able to do this every week. Like even my writing Thing, I, I think I'm realizing I'm probably going to end up going to that maybe every other week, maybe every three weeks, something like that, just because of the way it lines up with, with other stuff that I want to do. So anyway, so yeah, it doesn't, it's not a rigid thing, just suggestions and like, I might end up doing the workout once a month, you know, <laughs> <laughs> flip it the other way. Go ahead, well, David. Yeah. And well, speaking of working out, um, I mean, there's other things that you can do um, that also have a component of working out. I was, so I, I didn't really like specify these into days, weeks, or months, but yeah, here's my list. Um, like for working out, um, I don't know what like parks you guys have around there, but we have this really cool park that has like a rock climbing wall and like an obstacle course and wow. i don't know i just thought of something like that like even you or you or your wife or even the kids it's kind of a fun thing to like run through it and just kind of get some energy out a lot of h i i t <laughs> um i guess connected to that i don't know what made me think of this but or if you guys are even interested but like <laughs> a dancing class <laughs> like either couples dancing or because it's kind of like it has a bit of like exercise in it and I think dancing is uh I mean I'm I don't know it it may not be something that like and this is a, like a stereotype but like men are like particularly into but uh I mean I feel like it's something that you know women uh, do enjoy and it's a it's a way to kind of um i don't know other than to say like cheesily like ignite like passion <laughs> and it's exercise um i had cooking class and again i i don't know i know you mentioned that sometimes you cook i think i feel like your wife is much more of the expert from what you've told me before um but yeah just like cooking together and you know learning learning new things through a class 
you know, since the you know pandemic and everything, a lot of stuff has opened up. So there are probably way more things that are available now out just like that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was, and this is kind of weird, but like something, something learning focused. I don't know if that involves like a new language or just something that can be kind of studied either together or on your own. I was thinking language or maybe even just like a, just like a one-off course that you could either do online or I don't know how that would work with a group, but learning something together because that involves, you know, potentially like communicating about it, seeing what was, uh, you know, interesting about from, you know, the other person's perspective. And uh, yeah, I just think, you know, that would sound really fun with, uh, with like a loved one kind of bounce things off each other like that. Yeah. I think that was my short list. (laughs) No, that's good. That's, there's this, they call it the how to festival here in Louisville. It's an annual event down at our central library downtown. And we didn't go to it last year because it was probably canceled. But we always love it. It's always, yeah. I mean, they literally just have a bunch of different classes. They're maybe 30 minutes to an hour or something like how to cook the perfect steak, how to sword fight, how to, there was dancing, how to rap. We went to a rap one. A lot of fun, you know, just random stuff. But yeah, like finding either those one-off type things, either through a library or um, maybe like an ongoing, you know, six-week program type thing. And now that's, I think that's great ideas. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, some of these things that ideas that Bryce and I gave, when they hit your ear, I imagine something sounded like super boring, but I think <laughs> it would be a fun thought to, like, just push yourself to try it one time. Yeah. Just to, just to try it. I, I don't know. I know that might go against Bryce's ideology, <laughs> but... <laughs> Do the one year seems boring or whatever. Something that seems like so terrible can be, in my experience, can be fun with another person, Hmm. especially somebody that you love. Which ones on the list did you have that reaction to? (laughs) Okay, so uh, (laughs) let let me go back through the list here. So for Bryce's (laughs) um, coaching the son's team, you know, before I had kids, when I was 20, I thought I'm going to coach some sports. I thought that was a cool way to get out in the community, meet people, help, I don't know, learn some stuff. Yeah. Leadership development, all that sort of, sort of stuff. Uh, since then, our older kid is not into sports at all. So it's like dragging him to, to in, get into sports. Uh, but then our second kid, uh, he's the soccer player. So anyway, that one stood out to me because um, I don't know anything about soccer. And I remember my dad, when I played basketball, he was like, of all the sports, I could have coached any other sport better than basketball. I guess coming from California, they never, he never played, but he, like, he pitched in, in high school as a baseball, you know, knew about uh, football and played and, you know, all the different, different things. He's like, we could have done hockey and I would have had a better idea of what was going on, but basketball especially in Kentucky where everybody's into basketball. 
Like, I think he was intimidated, but he ended up coaching it. So that was the one that stood out to me. Like, I don't know anything about soccer. I would feel really uncomfortable coaching soccer. Um, even as a coach of like four, four year olds, it's not like he's, you know, a high schooler and I, you know, I have to know the tactics of <laughs> soccer and everything. So that was the one for, for Bryce's that stood out as like, I don't know, maybe that's the comfort challenge. Uh, well, let and me then, throw this in here real quick. Sorry. We were all teachers, right? I, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about that. Like we did not go to school to be a teacher, but <laughs> we looked it over. We maybe did a little prepping and made it work. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I think there's a part of me that's like, man, that seems like a lot of work too. But maybe that's a good thing. Like, you know, um, the one, yeah, the one that stood out, you're right. It was the dance class uh, was the, was the one that was like on my list of that. That one seems the most, I wouldn't say boring. I would just say uh, like out of what I would typically think of to, to do you know, maybe uncomfortable or there, I'm sure there's some sort of, yeah, I'm sure there's like an embarrassment or a, like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's going to be awkward, but yeah, just one that I wouldn't think of uh, on my own, but th that's good. So maybe that's, maybe that's the one I should, you know, maybe those are the two I should try out. I think the other one that stood out for, for it was working out just because it was the one that you both said, and it's the daily one and not just working out, but kind of the group activity version of that. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, that's exactly what I was looking for, really, is just trying to think of ideas that maybe I wouldn't think of on my own and see how I can, like, comb them in. Like, it, would this be part of the, the month or week or whatever it is that's, that I, that I would want if I could just scrap everything and build up from the ground, you know? What were some of the ideas that you came up with on your own? <laughs> um... Hmm. I just clicked away from my list. Let me see if I can go back. Uh, I mean, mine were probably more mundane too. Like one of them was, um, uh, one of them was, I just wanted to take a nap. I was like, I just want to take a nap. Like either, I don't know if it's like a midday because I always start to feel tired in the middle of the day, like middle of the day as in like maybe three or so. Um, and I've tried different things like, either caffeinating or going off caffeine so I don't have that dip, like not eating as much or eating different foods, you know, whatever. Uh, some of that helped a little bit, but I'm like, the obvious answer is just like sleep. <laughs> like if I feel like I'm tired, just lay down and sleep. Like what? So that was kind of a mundane, but one that just popped to mind. Like, yeah, in my perfect life, I'd probably just take a nap in the afternoon. Like, why don't I just do that? I can do that. It's not you know, I mean, there may be some logistics of, you know, like keeping everybody quiet or if I'm at work, do I like go under a desk somewhere and be like, I'm going to take a smoke break here under the desk for, you know, I don't know how that actually works, but I think I could pull that off somehow. Um, let me see. I think I wanted to get back into uh, like journaling and really that's just like free writing, writing, whatever I feel like writing type thing um, on more of a daily basis. Right now it's really sporadic. Um, and then. The other one, maybe this was the first one that I thought of for the monthly side, and it kind of goes together with what you guys were talking about a little bit, but it was really like, um, I guess it's just the social side of like having people over to our house. Like we don't actually have people over to our house uh, like 
very often. Like maybe my my uh, my family comes over or her family comes over, especially around a birthday or something like that. But like, I don't even know who those people are that I want to have over. So like, there's multiple steps to making that happen. That, but um, so maybe that's something that I want to do, like on a monthly or maybe not even monthly. It might be more like every two months. But anyway, something that came to mind. I I started a a list. I don't have it in front of me, but anyway. Those were some of the ideas that that I sort of had. Um, and then I did have actually like take a course of some kind. Um, I don't know that I actually had the social side of it in mind, but just whether it's in person or online, I think I was thinking more of like in person, but I wasn't thinking of it for the benefit of being around people as much as just getting out and doing something and sort of learning something. So let me ask you this. I've already brought this up before and it it's ironic because I'm the one that's the least religious. What is holding you and your family back from going to church every Sunday? <laughs> because it just seems like the most obvious thing for you and your family. Like you, it seems like you are that family that goes to church every Sunday and then you meet a bunch of people in the church and you all hang out on a regular basis and you have people that come over to your house and, have dinner from church and then you meet other people and that just seems to click seems like it for you and boxes. it doesn't it, yeah it seems like it would check all of the boxes mm. and you're yeah. still uh, identifying as a christian and involved in that so what what's stopping you from doing that yeah i think when you asked last time i was like yeah we should have a whole episode about this and then, of course, I didn't have that episode. Um, right now, it's really like, I don't think we know which church to go to. And so there's like a fear of trying to figure that out and trying to, really, there's just a lot in it. I don't know. But you're right. It does seem like the easy way. I mean, all, almost all of those things that we talked about, churches try to do or certain church, you know, like whether it's like the sports or like the workout class, like churches try to do all that stuff to gather people or just to create community, you know, it's like, so um, it definitely seems like the hub that could combine or pull together a lot of those different, a lot of those different things. Hmm. Yeah. Let's come back to that one. <laughs> that's a good one though. Yeah. That's a, it's a cool thought experiment. That's that's awesome that you guys are putting things into action with the app and and all that. Yeah, thanks. It's it's been uh, it, you know it's funny. It's been a good week. There were there was definitely some intense moments uh, in a. I'm using the word intense, but it's in there were some bad moments this week, but there were also some good moments. So uh, it's not all it's not all great, but that's. I mean, it just comes down to the process of working through stuff, right? Like it's just ignoring it and not pretending like we, you know, sometimes those intense moments are because we're working through stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to work through or we don't want to talk about or we don't want to um, butt heads over. No, it's cool though. Yeah, let us, let us know which ones you end up going with. I will. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure some of this will end up being ongoing topics here. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to say is just, if you like it at all, continue the, the writing meetup. 
mm-hmm. because that seems to check some boxes too. <laughs> I was laughing because I was telling I was telling my wife I was like, okay, the first meetup I felt was a little awkward, but so is the first meetup. The second meetup, I was like, I understand what Bryce said, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but no i do i think i do enjoy did you it. get to share your writing that time um i did yeah nice yeah so it was it, it was more fun with that piece of it instead of just being there and you know good reception for your yeah. sharing time yeah i think overall you know it's hard to it's like sifting out opinions and sifting out like like you, you think that a writer's group like that, like people are going to put aside the pleasantries or, you know, they're going to try to be helpful. And so they're going to try to, you know, to, but then as you're talking through stuff, it comes, human nature still comes up where people are saying stuff that I'm like, do you actually think that do you actually think it's good? Or do you actually, you know, like, so it's sort of getting to a comfort level with people and understanding like, no, like if this is terrible, tell me, like, just tell me to get rid of it. Like the whole thing, just get rid of the whole thing. This whole, like the whole topic, get rid of it, you know? So anyway, yeah. It's cool. I might try that myself though. Which one? The the thought experiment. Oh yeah. 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 Cause the next, next step for us is to kind of go through a week. Like I think we're going to do it together. Yeah. It's not necessarily we have to do everything together, but I like the idea of working on the plans separate or for our separate lives together, together, if that makes any sense. Who's up next, David? Cool. Uh, yep. That's me. Best for last, right? <laughs> Always. Um, <laughs> so um, I was thinking about my family this week, and um, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I have. I haven't seen them since February. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, I think prior to that, it would be maybe once a month or maybe even every other week, I would see them. And I don't know, I've just been reading stuff online and you know how people say like, oh, you know, if you you never know what's going to happen, and uh, see your, you know, see your loved ones, call them, uh, spend time with them. It it doesn't often come into my head, but this, I mean, I, so I'm planning on seeing them today, actually. But it just made me think, like, you know, do I see my family enough? And I know the obvious thing to say is like you know like do you do you enjoy seeing them do you want to see them and it's like yeah uh, yeah of course i want to see them but i i feel like i want to see them i want to start seeing them more because it is it is a little bit sad um but i I don't know i i and this is another one i kind of want to open up relatively quickly but um it is like my grandma passed away about uh, six six years ago five years ago and I remember when she passed away everybody everybody was like super sad you know of course I was I was sad but I don't 
I don't remember feeling as sad as the majority of people, like especially at the uh, at the funeral. And I don't know, maybe I'm like messed up, but I just felt I felt like, wow, she lived a long life. I think she died when she was 93. You know, she didn't, you know, go out like in pain and it wasn't, you know, something that um, made it like super abrupt. But so when I think about that, I think, well, maybe I, you know, maybe I don't need to see them enough, but I want to kind of push myself. And I know you guys might not agree, but I want to, I just want to spend more time with them because I, I don't want to be that person who's like, you know, writing online, like, oh, I wish I could have seen them more. And I'm kind of curious. I'm curious also about you guys, how you feel about your family. Do you feel like you see them enough? Do you, you know, wish it was more or less? Do you not care? <laughs> so, yeah, just kind of want to open it up. Curious what you guys think. And, uh, yeah, feel free to ask me any questions. You said you didn't think that we would agree when you said pushing yourself. Could you explain that a little bit more about you're saying probably very, yeah, I, I didn't understand where we would not agree, I guess. Well, it made me think of last week when we talked about my like like seeing my family and then like leaving when you know or maybe just not going or some something along those lines like if if you don't enjoy it or if you don't you know particularly oh, love the topic or or whatever then you know it's like if you're not having fun then don't do it kind of thing I see. So I guess that's my. So you're like in the moment, you don't necessarily enjoy it as much as you think you should, but you don't want to ignore doing that for fear of later regret that I could have spent more time with them. Well, overall, I do enjoy hanging out with them, I'd say. So it's just a matter of scheduling time out to see them more because I'm. I'm fairly certain that I do want to. And even if I, you know, even like texting them, like, for example, my older brother, you know, I grew up, it was me and my sister who's a little bit older than me. And then I have an older sister and brother who are like another pair. And they're, you know, my sister and I, who's uh, near my age, we're both like like the two pairs are 13 years apart or or something 15 years it's like a big gap so i of course feel closer to the sister that i grew up with but um and yeah i i don't you know i don't message them as much or or call them and i'm not like oh like i want to do this but i kind of want to like push myself push myself to like just connect a little bit more and uh i don't know i might get pushback from you guys about this but <laughs> just curious your thoughts yeah it's a it's a weird one 
when you were talking about your grandma made mm. me think about my grandma she passed away sounds like a, at about the same time six years ago mm. and it's it's weird right you know um during that time we visited her because we knew she was gonna pass away soon or i mean uh, like in the foreseeable very foreseeable future we we visited her when she was still like at her house and and if she wasn't in the hospital yet but those experiences were you could say they were somewhat out of obligation because it's like you're not going to have this opportunity too many times like this this is this is towards the end <laughs> so mm. um and then the experience itself you know one wouldn't really describe it as as fun or even all that rewarding you know you're you're just sitting with with somebody who has dementia and they repeat the same things over and over again <laughs> and but when you were describing it the thing that popped into my head was this feeling of regret that I have because I remember one of the last times I was with my grandma, I was, we were at her house and in, we had talked to her, we had played some card games and, you know, she was, anyway, I, I just left the room because it was, it felt just repetitive. And I went and watched basketball for an hour <laughs> and <laughs> I still think about that and regret that. Like, why did you spend an hour watching basketball when you really only had a very short amount of time left with your grandma, who you weren't super close to, but still your grandma? And you know, I, anyway, I, I regret watching that hour of basketball instead of just sitting <laughs> with her, even though that hour sitting with her wouldn't have on the surface been some entertaining or life altering experience, but sitting with her definitely would have been better than watching basketball. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with what you're talking about, but, um, um, yeah, it's, it's similar. I mean, I, well, okay. So like when you talk about that experience, I, I don't have like a specific regret from my experience. Um, I mean, my, my grandma and I were perhaps maybe a little closer than you and your grandma. I, I don't know, but you know, she was very sweet. All, you know, she would once a month or whatever, like send letters to me overseas and just mm -hmm. say like, Hey, cause she oh. actually taught English overseas like 30 years ago <laughs> or well, maybe 40 now. That's but, crazy. Yeah. It was like a long <laughs> time ago, maybe in the eighties. Um, OG. Yeah. So like, she's like, oh, you know, and she was always very sweet, but like the lack of regret, I mean, maybe, maybe I have a little bit regret, but I'm mostly like, I'm happy because she lived a long life. Um, I don't feel like I spent too little or too much time. I, I, I felt like it was very fulfilling and um you know she's uh 
I guess, quote unquote, you know, at peace or whatever. And I'm sure, you know, she didn't express like this um, distress or uncomfort, but I'm sure that there was some of that, you know, towards the end. So it's like, you know, but I, I don't know. I just, I remember like people being in, you know, shambles at, at the funeral. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I felt, mm, I felt kind of, you know, happy that she lived long. She did what she loved and uh, kind of like wanted to um, just a- appreciate her in that moment. Do you think you'd be in shambles at the funeral of your parents right now mm. if they were to pass away? Like sud- suddenly? Yeah, today. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely more so than my grandma. I mean, for one, they're, you know, they're, they're older, but I mean, I think they're both around 70, 71. So that's not... Um, I would say that 70 is not like, that's a long time, you know, with today's, you know, health and everything. Um, I would say it's too soon, <laughs> even though 70 seems old, you know, so. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure the average age is 76-ish. For men and like 80 for women. <laughs> yeah, it's weird though, because yeah. once you're already 70, then the average might go up. No, because it it takes out a lot of the like people who die in accidents along the way or childbirth and stuff. But Mm. either way, whether it's six years or 20 years. Yeah. To answer your question, I I would be much more in shambles than with the. And and why is that? (laughs) Is that because you view you would view the situation as tragic? Like she they didn't get as long as they should have. Or is that because you didn't have all of the experiences that you wanted to have with them? I or, think for other reasons. Yeah, both. Uh, too soon. And not that I didn't share all the experiences. I've, you know, shared so many experiences with them. We would go on trips and all this blah, blah, blah growing up. So that was great. Um, but yeah, I imagine, and it's so hard to say, but I imagine I would think like, oh, like, why didn't I give them a call more often, maybe once a week or uh, send, you know, send a text even. Um, Yeah, I would probably think that with everybody I love who's alive today, because nobody's, you know, nobody's past that mark that I think that they had a good (laughs) long life. life. Yeah. 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 It's cut short. Yeah. And younger is like even more devastating. It's like Jesus. But yeah, I would definitely regret. <laughs> why, why exactly? Yeah. Hmm? Why, why, why exactly would you regret anything? What oh, do just, those extra text messages and phone calls accomplish? I think, I mean, you know, they raised me and uh, it's almost like I think it's important to check in to you know reciprocate the love that i received as a child and growing up it's almost like uh you know people that i guess this is kind of harsh but like you know 
you were like raised by these people and then you know we just like tossed them in a nursing home <laughs> kind of thing um and not to say that i i you know that they wouldn't even want to like do that if uh they weren't able to do certain things but it just feel it just feels bad because they you know they're my family and they they raised me and loved me and uh they did not molest me so <laughs> you know <laughs> like it helps you feel like a good person by doing that mm, I can't say. no not even that it's like just showing just reciprocating the love that was given to me like there were probably days when they didn't want to you know they wanted to like throw me or hit me or something but just that family love to you know it just feels like uh it's good to love people and show love and it, i think if possible unless there's some like crazy bad blood that can't be fixed you know i think it's important to uh reciprocate okay so why aren't you doing it yeah that's a good question <laughs> i don't know but i want to start reciprocating or not even reciprocating cuz i mean we you know we all don't it's not like they reach out to me like 20 times versus my one time but um yeah i don't know i just feel i feel like i want to i don't know do you guys not feel that with your family or maybe you guys have like a a perfect like a wonderful like reciprocal i'm trying to figure out why you don't do something that you want to do which leads me to believe that you don't really want to do it because if like we do the things that we like, want to do right you know, I knew it was I, coming back to this if i <laughs> i never i never neglect to watch Eating youtube it. every day or check basketball <laughs> scores like because i really enjoyed doing those things well it reminds me of what what i texted around in the group chat too like the difference between pleasure and contentment it's like maybe the like the immediate really i'm thinking there could be two things right like one is maybe in the moment when you're spending the time with him you don't enjoy it as much as you want to but you like the long-term effects of having a better relationship with him and thinking okay yeah i have cared for them and talked to them and we do have a great relationship the other thing i wonder though too is is it is it that you actually like the time spent together you like thinking back on time spent together but maybe you don't like it before it happens i don't know if that makes any sense but like working out can be like that i think where you think oh i gotta lace up these shoes i don't want to go do this is gonna hurt but when you're doing it you're like oh this is great and afterwards you're like this is great but for some reason like that one is a little weird because it's like well why is you know why is that i wonder if it's i don't know does any of that feel true ring true to you Mm, yeah i don't know it's it's like i love them but i don't love them with with action as much as i should i don't know it's uh it's hard to say and i don't know that it's uh i don't know that it's like I mean, it's important to do what you love. I get it, but like, I feel like it's also important to to do something 
that maybe somebody else might love, you know, to receive that message or, you know, to receive that call to say, hey, you know, I've just been thinking about you and I love you. How are you doing? Kind of thing. So there must yeah, be so some. If you have a sense of responsibility or duty to do those things and they're important to you, then how can you start doing them more often and more effectively? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, by talk, talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> getting together with them later today. Yeah. Yeah. Getting together with them just through action and talking about it and listening to you guys talk about things. It just, uh, let me ask you. It's, yeah, go ahead. Have you had any type of conversation with them about what they want at this stage in their life? Lives? Mm, no, I, I don't think so. Not that specific, even though that's not like super specific. <laughs> but at the times that I do reach out, I mean, I can, I can feel that they're like super happy that I did. I feel like they're the type of people that, of course, they want to communicate with me because I'm their son, but they don't want to be the type that, that over, you know, extend their, what they, what they truly want. And just also like giving me, you know, independent space, room to breathe, but deep down, they're very, I think they're very happy to hear me or to FaceTime me. All right. Do you, let me jump. Do you think it'd be helpful? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I like, I have this yeah. sensation of like, <laughs> oh my goodness, how are we talking about this right now? Because talking about back to my thing of like ideal life, this was one of the things Megan and I were just talking about last night. Like how much do we want to see our parents and our family? <laughs> and it was exactly what you just said, David. I was, I was thinking, my parents don't know how to interact with us, my family, like Megan and I and our kids, because, or at least it doesn't feel that way. And this is the conversation like I'm going to have with them is like, hey, I've kind of started this a little bit like a year and a half ago, but then it, we didn't, anyway, I need to re-engage it. So anyway, but exactly what you just said, David, where I think that they want they're like, hey, you're your own family. We don't want to be that, you know, mother-in-law or father-in-law or parents who are like coming over every day, like, hey, here's some muffins. How are my grandkids doing? You know, they don't want because that would be a whole other problem, right? And I could see that actually being a problem. But because of that, they're way on the other side of, okay, we'll just stick around for 10 minutes, you know, and then they'll leave. And, you know, instead of being, I don't feel like they're comfortable with us. And that's really different from what it was um growing up and what i remember you know so having that conversation again and being like hey does this feel weird to you like because it feels weird to me like i don't you know opening up about that and then like we're as we're talking about this too we're talking about grandparents like literally my grandma's birthday is the fourth of july so every year we go over to her house and she's 89 this year and every year there's the unspoken thing of okay you're 89 this year and I actually do enjoy getting together with people, but yeah, crazy. Anyway, so I'll stop interrupting, but mm -hmm. I had like that, everything that we're talking about right now is like so close to home for me, like today, yesterday, 
tomorrow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, you're not interrupting at all. I mean, this is something that I mentioned wanting to open up because I'm, you know, I'm very curious to to hear, um, you know, how you guys feel if it's like not close to home or like you said, very close to home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, I, if you haven't had specific types of conversations with your parents, I'd encourage you to, because I, I did recently and it was a good experience and I got to get a better feel for where my parents are at in their lives, what they want, what they need, what their plans are later down the road, what their desires are. Mm. and before I had those conversations I had a lot of um, misunderstandings you know I imagined them as as old <laughs> and needing me and when I had those conversations I realized no they're not at that stage in their life right now they're active they're having fun they're enjoying themselves they don't <laughs> Or maybe they heard the episode previous. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it was honest. Like they, there weren't many things that they needed help with. And um, another thing, I forget where along the way we had this conversation, but I was under the impression that they really wanted my wife and I to have kids mm. and for them to like be close to us and have that experience. And I, you know, just. After talking to them, I realized that wasn't the case at all. Mm. Anyway, the point is maybe your parents don't want you to text them all the time or FaceTime <laughs> them all the time, or they don't, you know, you never know unless you ask. Right. Perhaps so this, not every this day. sense of duty <laughs> that you have to be a good son and reciprocate the love that they gave you as a kid that could be all in your mind. Or if it isn't, it could be. If it if it isn't, if they really enjoy that, having mm -hmm. that conversation, I bet will help you know if you really want to do it. Because if if it really means something to them and you're still kind of indifferent, then you kind of know. But if it really means something to them and that like lights you up, like, okay, well, yeah, I do like doing this. It does mean something to you, then that you know, you have more purpose in doing it. You're not mm -hmm. just doing it for a sense of duty, you're doing it because, oh, they legit like this, you know. Yeah. Again, just as you're yeah. as you're talking about it, Bryce, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even think I got to that that point in our in my thought process of like asking them. I was still at the here's what I'm seeing, here's what I'm needing <laughs> stage of it. Uh -huh. Here, take this. What do you think about this? But yeah, just asking like, so what what are you like? What do you need? Like, that's mm -hmm. what I'm asking my wife, and that's what like it's been so great about the past couple of weeks of like, what do you need? What do you what do you want? And it's like completely different. It's a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I'm like, Oh, what? Like <laughs> what? I can do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like not a million bucks. Okay, cool. I can do this. Interesting. Yeah. Cause right now, as far as I can tell, it's just a narrative in your head that you need to reciprocate this love in this, in these ways, like FaceTime texts show up at the, the family get togethers every so often. But well, you never know, like it could be completely different. Maybe they want you to show your love by helping them clean up the house or uh, I don't, I don't know. It could, yeah, you never know unless you ask vocal. them, unless you start asking specific questions. So if you do feel this 
desire to help and show your love. Maybe figure out how they want to be loved. Mm-hmm. No, this is good. Maybe I'll uh, ask them today. I, I do know my mom is pretty vocal. Like she definitely, she definitely would love to see me more. I mean, cause like she'll, she'll ask sometimes and I'm like, uh, you know, it's like during the week cause she doesn't really have a nine to five schedule. And I'm like, I can't, you know, at this time, <laughs> but you know, my dad is much more uh, introverted and, you know, he also lives alone and, you know, he has friends and stuff that he hangs out with, but he would never be so vocal as my mom is mm-hmm. about it. So, but I imagine neither of them would lie to me if I asked them. <laughs> Cause I, I think about that. Like if I had a kid and like, you know, they're having a good time and, you know, I might be like, Oh, you know, nah, like, don't worry about me, you know, enjoy yourself and <laughs> versus being like, Yes, you know, I want to see you once a week. And uh, I feel like Marshall can probably relate to that a little bit more. But also, you never really know until you're, you know, 60 years old and all your kids are out of the house and stuff and they've been gone for a while. So it's so hard to to say. But yeah, asking is a good thing. <laughs> cool. Do you know what types of experiences you and your family members mutually enjoy? Mm. I, I guess you've you've already said that you enjoy the the get-togethers as they are, just minus the political mm. discussions. Yeah, I mean, just hanging out, eating, mm. it's just super chill stuff. Like nobody wants to go surfing or rock climbing or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that they'd be able to safely are you without a, are you 100 percent sure about that though oh that they wouldn't want to go skydiving well that they wouldn't want to have an adventure together it doesn't sound like you want to go skydiving but yeah <laughs> something yeah so I, I, would, I, would I never realized for that <laughs> i never realized my dad was interested in national parks until some random conversation we had he was like oh yeah i just love going to hiking and going to national parks it's like well, why don't we do that? Let's go do it together. And then we went to the Smoky Mountains together and we spent three amazing days together. And that's probably going to end up being one of my top memories with my dad. We just had a fantastic time. It's just my wife and and me and him. And it was a great experience. And I I never knew that about him. (laughs) That that, that was, he, he talked about how when you are over 65, you get the free entrance to the, he has some card. Oh, where he nice. Card free entrance to national entrance. parks. <laughs> it's like, I just, I want to go to the national parks, but I don't have anybody to go with. And I, I want to go see all the national parks. It's like, well, that's damn dad. I just never knew that about you. And let's, yeah. let's try to make this happen. When we hang out, let's try to make a trip to a national park. I don't know, like if you yeah. if you wow. knew if you know those things about your parents, okay, what are what are those things that you all want to do that you mm-hmm. want to try, and then try to have that experience with them or make that experience for them happen? Yeah, no, that's a good call. I'm gonna write that down. I, I'm writing it down right now too. It's just it's the same thing. It's just like literally just asking people, like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, it seems so simple. Why are you here? But, but yeah, I make so many assumptions about what people want because 
of their body language or that they're what I perceive to be their, you know, maybe life stage or, you know, yeah. Hmm. Sweet. Any other tips? <laughs> you mentioned the throwing them in a nursing home thing. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you are at that stage or if your parents are at that stage where it's time to start having conversations. I'm a believer in that it's better to have those conversations sooner than later. I was going to say that the answer is probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I have an idea. If you're just guessing at what they want, it's, I think it's a good idea to clarify instead of guessing because I right. had those conversations was more detailed with my dad and I learned so much that I had no idea about. And one of the takeaways was like, it's pretty early to be having this conversation or at least it, it feels like he feels like it's early to be having this conversation. But I walked away from it. I think we both walked away from it feeling good. This is this is good that we have started talking about this stuff. Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be something good to like even have a yearly check in because like I think all of our parents are young enough that they should they should, you know, let's just say 10, 20 years, whatever, 30. Um, they might change their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they're still like cognizant and like actually yeah let's just like cremate me or something instead of mm. you know or whatever yeah no that's a good call too i remember you talking about that before it's good stuff and to be on the same page with your siblings as well for the whole family to be on the same page because one of the things we tried to get on the same page about was if there's fighting between the siblings about what mom and dad wants, it, it, it's probably going to be a result of not really understanding what they did want. So mm. if it's clear from the get-go what they do want, then there's nobody's going to be fighting and hating each other at the end when things do get tough. Because it's like, all right, we know every year we checked in and this is what he said. So uh, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no, <laughs> yeah confusion about it yeah and w the closer it gets the more things are influenced by practicality instead of ideals mm -hmm. so if if parents are going downhill in a hurry and they just need to liquidate their assets and get the money over to their other family members and you know stuff start decisions start being like let's just the, the decisions are different than and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it becomes more practical, like, oh, you're not actually going to be able to live on your own until you pass away in a field somewhere. So in some ways, that's good. But in other ways, if you start having that conversation, it seems that you'll get more of like the idealized version to work toward instead of just what options do we have now with the limited time we have time and resources that we have left to to make the decisions. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, man, I... I feel like you got the impression that I'm super rigid about only doing what you want. <laughs> I feel like there are tough situations in life where sometimes duty will be more important than doing what you want. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds like you've got a mix of both here. Well, it's just a different level of what you want, you know, 
Right. So it's not like a in the moment what you want. It's more of a long term. Like I want to have a good memory of the last time I spent with my grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly small things too that I just need to, you know, get a, into the habit of doing, you know, if they do, you know, if they would appreciate like a phone call or a text, maybe they don't want to talk to me and they hate me and they wish they could block me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think for all of them, I can just ask and I imagine they'd just be frank with me. Do you think that's something you would feel comfortable doing? Maybe if it's not actually asking the full conversation today when you meet up with them, but where you could start that sort of initiate the like, hey, you know, wanted to have a conversation with you guys. I don't know, you know, maybe now is not a good time, but would there be a time like, can I call you in a couple of days or just kind of planting that sort of idea so that I guess I'm just trying to think of like, you know, something to kind of keep it like initiating that you know so it's not just like an idea but something that like hey you're meeting up with them today maybe here's an opportunity where you could start that conversation with them today Mm. yeah no that's a good call not kind of lay it all out at once but maybe in little sections sprinkle it across the a week or two or something yeah i don't know if it like i know when i'm getting together with my grandma tomorrow it wouldn't be the place I mean, it could be, it just depends upon how the conversation is going, but there's a lot of people. So it's not as like uh, the conversation that I'm wanting to have would be more one-on-one type conversation in my mind. I don't know if that would be similar for you, but yeah, for sure. Some things one-on-one, some things like, uh, you know, a nursing home situation or, or something like that, I think may be helpful in, you know, more than just a one-on-one mm-hmm. setting. Thanks for uh, listening and sharing. Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.